World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming, and Your Health. The Power of Water is the whole focus of this show and the concerns of your drinking water every day, your safe water understanding, your sanitation. But there's a word that you need to learn, dehydration. For some reason, everyone thought that when you're taking your temperature, that if you're over 98 degrees, you begin to dehydrate. That is the alarm button, is over 98. You are dehydrating from the moment you are born to the day you pass on beyond your life. The moment you left that pocket of water and you entered in the air you breathe, you began to dehydrate. That's your countdown. How serious are we learning and how are we, what's the education? I chose that the water is your vital source of life. Did you know that 2.6 billion people in the world do not have access to proper sanitation and water? That's roughly two-fifths of the world population, and I know it's larger. I've been studying, and I know that we've got to catch up on some of those statistics because I realize that we are learning a lot. Look at all over the world at the more industrial locations of the world, what we call prosperous locations of the world that don't have safe water, enough water. They don't have water. Every day you're being taught water is a source of life, Water is your life, it can save lives, and it will save the planet. We are a family planet. Sanitation? What would you do without water for sanitation? Just to wash your hands. Did you know that most of the world's diseases could be somewhat controlled if you could wash your hands every time you go to the bathroom and flush the toilet? That's sanitation. So be learning more about what's going on with the water, and it is this show. This show is concerned about your dehydration, your health, and yes, the the world has an environmental issue right now, and it has forever since the beginning of time. The earth is changing. It has from the beginning of time. Like people change in time. Life changes. And when you're learning more about when you're getting up in the morning, Start out with two glasses of water. It's like Dr. Michael Fieldman said not long ago. Two glasses of water for up, when you get up in the morning and begin to drink it during the day to replace the lost moisture of your dehydration during the day. Today we have a lot of excitement again. We've got another show that is absolutely going to have a very dedicated people. We have Dr. Lee Cowan who's uh, on the board, uh, board certified chiropractor orthopedics discussing laser phototherapy, which I'm totally a believer of. I've studied it in years past. I don't know enough. It's a treatment he uses for soft tissue injuries such as head, neck, carpal tunnel, and carpal tunnel syndrome. Remember, sitting at a computer, let's listen today and learn more. Then we have Viva Dihaza who is the Section Chief of Conservation and Drought Planning with the Colorado Water Conservation Board, discussing the Colorado water 
and uh, shortages, projected population growth, and, and future water problems and supply. Let's learn more about Colorado. Last year, we last week, we learned about the Connecticut River. This week, we're going to learn more in Colorado. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist for Dry Eyes, because the environment is dry, your eyes are dry, and we'll be right back with Dr. Lee Cowan. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Today, our special guest is going to be Dr. Lee Cowan, who's board certified in chiropractic orthopedics. Dr. Cowan, are you with us? Hi, Sharon. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for taking time away from your busy schedule and joining us. I've been wanting to have you for quite some time. And before we begin to discuss what we're going to with our education in our classroom today, tell us a little bit about you and how why you decided to become a chiropractic uh, in the chiropractic field. Well, um, I was a high school athlete, and um, when I was running down the football field. Uh, I was uh, tackled by this other player, and uh, I couldn't walk anymore. My, uh, he had rotated my hip out of place, and so I couldn't play anymore. And my mother took me to a chiropractor, and he adjusted my back, and pretty soon I was able to play again. Mm-hmm. And when I went through college, um, I knew I wanted to be a physician of some sort, and um, <clears throat> one day it just kind of decided that that was kind of uh, my calling, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily like, uh, you know, blood and guts and yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you like the the idea of chiropractor, which is very, very important, and people are finding more and more the education about when they need to go see the chiropractor. Um, you're located in Portland, Oregon? Yes. Yeah, I've been okay. here 27 years. Uh-huh. And uh, you specialize in chiropractic orthopedics. Yes, pretty much the treatment of just neuromusculoskeletal disorders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, disease of the spine and muscles. Before we start on some of the education, you want to—we were going to specialize today on laser phototherapy, I, and I'm really excited about that. Tell me a little bit about what people need to think about when they're thinking to go see a chiropractor. Do they have to go get a referral from their doctor, or can they call the chiropractor uh, themselves? Uh, they can go to any, any doctor they want, but a lot of it's depend on their health insurance because mm-hmm. some health insurance have panels just mm-hmm. like the MCOs that their medical mm-hmm. doctors So if they go to the doctor and they recommend you see a chiropractor, the health insurance would pay for it quicker yeah, so- than if they just called you. Yeah, either way. Okay, either way. Either way. A lot of times what happens is uh, people, their health insurance will say, you have to go to these panel doctors. The panel doctors. Panel doctors. And other ones just you you can go in 
primary care at mm-hmm. any time. Okay. And uh, when you're, most of your patients that are coming in are for, let's say, let's start out with the most common uh, complaints uh, are, are what to a chiropractor? Oh, neck and back. Neck and back. You know, headaches, neck pain, back pain. I bet you're getting a lot of uh, problems sitting at a computer, carpet tunnel. Yeah, uh, a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's all the people that are getting car accidents from the the uh, drive around in the sunshine. And, oh, I see. This is the time of year. So there's a time of year when you see more people for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, before I move on to ages um, on the carpal tunnel, have you had anyone in, with carpal tunnel come in because they've been sitting at a computer, have a disability? Because we've had a lot of doctors in the past say, yes, there is starting to be a disability now because people cannot sit there all day long like they used to at a computer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, carpal tunnel is real high, not just computers, but uh, mm-hmm. hairdressers, everybody. But... Oh, hairdressers, okay, and nail manicurists probably. And mm-hmm. yeah, we repeatedly use our arms. What about a truck driver? For me? What about a truck driver? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, okay. it goes back to what we sometimes call a caveman theory. You know, would a caveman be using his hands that much? Mm-hmm. No, no, they wouldn't. And then we wonder why we have problems because right. we totally overuse, you know, the hands of what they were use, uh, mm-hmm. designed for. Uh-huh. So. Mm-hmm. Now, ages. Uh, how, what are the ages that you usually see, uh, the youngest to the oldest? Oh, probably I would say um, mid-teens uh-huh. on up. Do they ever bring them in to you when they're younger than teens? Uh, not not much necessarily for much of the laser therapy. Mm-hmm. That's more for, uh, the, you know, uh, somebody fell and hurt themselves. And That's what I'm after before we get into laser, yeah. trying to educate your um, the chiropractor, a chiropractic physician. Uh, so people can bring in a young person to see you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of kids that are real young. Sometimes uh, they've hurt themselves, and mm-hmm. when they try to walk, they can't stand on a limb or something, and we'll adjust their lower back. Or... Mm-hmm. Are you finding that more doctors are recommending the chiropractor today than they used to in the years past? Oh, yes, definitely. So now there's a relationship that's building. Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, Kaiser refers patients where uh, many years ago, I don't think the... Um, I should say the consumer-driven uh, need for chiropractic mm-hmm. has gotten so big that they make insurance companies now mm-hmm. pay for where they oh, need good. to. So. Good, good. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different ones in the years past that they weren't recognizing that now they are blessed that you stuck it out to be uh, there for so long. When, was, when did chiropractic uh, physician... Um, uh, practice begin. Do you remember? Is it uh, in this country? Was it about a hundred years, or has it been less? Well, I think the chiropractic was uh, coined in like 1895, something like that. Here in this country. Yeah. And it was. Uh, where was it founded? Was it? It was there a country out there in the world? In, in the United States. In the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they founded it for probably very good reasons that. There, uh, there wasn't enough understanding of, now, to expl- explain this to our audience, and we'll move on to this other subject. There was not enough understanding that you don't go in and operate on the bones or you don't go in and just with what 
how the chiropractic physicians had another benefit. Uh, and how would you describe the chiropractic benefit? Well, um, what we're doing is releasing the muscle spasms and impingement of nerves and muscles mm-hmm. and uh, reduction of pain mm-hmm. would be, the, I would think, would, uh, the primary uh, need of people to go to a chiropractor. I mean, we have patients that go to chiropractors that are golfers that say, you know, I, my swing is off a little bit and I know my, my back is out, so, mm-hmm. you know, tune me up. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think mainly it's driven by the reduction of pain. Muscle tension. Muscle pain tension. And lack of circulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, by the, and muscle tension will cause circulation depletion. Oh, sure. Exactly. People don't understand. And then another one is when people are having a swelling in an area, that's a dehydration area. In other words, there's not enough circulation. There's a muscle, muscle, muscle tension. And that's what that area is swelling. Am I right or wrong? Uh, pardon me, what was that question? Well, when, when the, an area is swelling, uh, an area around the ankles or, let's say, around the wrist or other areas of the body that are swelling, and there could be a muscle tension there and a dehydration that people don't realize that's a circulation and a dehydration problem. And if they go to you, that may take off the tension. Yeah. A lot of the, the swelling is also lymphatic drainage. Mm-hmm. Where the lymph system isn't draining, and so mm-hmm. you have edema, and uh, it uh, coagulates because there's nothing else it can do. Mm-hmm. So exactly. when you when you do work with the muscle and open the circulation and the, the lymphatic drainage, the uh, edema and swelling will be gone. There we go. There we go. Now you have a an, an new subject matter to probably a lot of people in the audience called laser phototherapy. Explain that to us. Uh, let, me, uh, let me start how I got into it. Okay. Can I do that? Yes, you can. I also host a uh, doctor's continuing education classes, mm-hmm. and uh, we have been hearing about the laser therapy, and uh, so we found a, a, distrib- a distribution uh, supplier and had them give us a little seminar. Mm-hmm. And when the gentleman was done, he told me, he said, here, you can take this to your office, and you can use it for a couple of weeks, and I'll see mm-hmm. what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I was an athlete, and uh, along with some of my injuries, I ended up with uh, plantar fasciitis in my left foot. Mm-hmm. And I used the uh, laser on it. Real quickly, explain plantar oh, Plantar fasciitis is basically inflammation of the bottom of the foot. The, uh, the plantar fascia is like a tendon. Okay. So you can call it 10 out of if you want. Okay. And so I used the laser on my, my uh, plantar fasciitis for about two weeks, and it was gone. My goodness. And I had it for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. So it would come and go, come and go, mm-hmm. come and go. Every time I used it, it would come back. And I had this, you know, getting up in the morning, it was severe pain the first three steps out of your bed mm-hmm. because that tendon is inflamed and you're stretching mm-hmm. it and it's painful. So. Mm-hmm. And a lot of athletes probably have that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I remember I was... <laughs> I was an athlete as a young girl, going growing, and I did it all. And I have in my arm, I got too carried away with what I was doing with softball and the things I did, and I pulled tendons, and at the bottom of one foot, I still live with it. Uh, that's very sensitive. So, and never went to a doctor over it because of it. I just live with it. 
and obviously you were living with it because there was nothing that was available that you knew of, except for maybe going in, can you do surgery on it? No, they don't generally do surgery because people are worse after. You just learn to live with it. Well, you, you know, we've done therapy, ultrasound and sine wave massage mm-hmm. and some trigger point. And, uh, but it's all temporary. But, yeah, it was just... Uh, now, explain laser phototherapy. What does that mean? Well, let me... Uh, let me ex- can I... Okay, go forward. Yeah. Okay, let me give you a little history. Um, okay. The laser was invented about 1960. Okay. And it was invented by... Uh, Hughes aircraft, and it was designed as a weapon of war. But later, a German or a Hungarian physicist started to use it on on rats because he was going to try to burn some tumors off of them. And what happened is they showed that the wounds healed a lot faster, uh-huh. but the tumor didn't go away. And so he thought that the... Um, Laser was helping the mitosis of the of the cells, mm-hmm. so that was basically the beginning of uh, laser therapy. Um, there's two different types of laser therapies. One is a cold laser, which is used up to about 600 nanometers, and it doesn't produce any heat, and it'll penetrate about a half an inch to an inch inside the body. Mm-hmm. And then you have the hot lasers, which will penetrate farther, but they produce heat, so you have to worry about burning somebody with them. Mm-hmm. So um, they're, they're, it was more critical that they are used as a pulse, so they just blast it and then stop, so they don't mm-hmm. produce heat that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what uh, the parameters of the lasers are, you have... Um, wavelength and color mm-hmm. you have the the nanometers which is a power and you have controlled or pulsed mm-hmm. as far as light goes mm-hmm. and you have energy and time uh, so the laser itself do you know how they work at all i've seen them in okay. fact i've been i've read i read it read about it a long time ago and uh, one of our doctors, Dr. Stephen Guggenheim, who's a plastics, plastics specialist, is skin and um, more. And he started using it on the skin as a, um, a laser treatment, a photo laser treatment for heat. Mm-hmm. And they found it was uh, good for the skin, a complexion, for example. Sure. Yeah, and then... But they have isolated the... The wavelength that uh, there we go that affects the collagen and has collagen regeneration. Mm-hmm. So, so now, in uh, chiropractic uh, physicians are using them for uh, now. You're using them for around the head, head, neck, and the carpal tunnel syndromes. Sure, but what's what's happened is we've changed it from laser therapy to phototherapy. Yeah, explain the difference between laser and photo. Okay, the. The laser is a single beam, probably uh-huh. about the end of a pencil. And that's what they're using for uh, LASIK eye surgeries. Right. Yeah. Right. But they're using a high-intensity laser. Really high-intense, right. Okay. But the problem when you, when you shoot the laser into a person is that depending on the color of a person's skin, it will be absorbed or it can be reflected. Mm-hmm. Once it goes into the body, it can be bent or refracted. So if you have a 
injury you're working on with a laser, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're hitting the spot you want. Exactly. So they're very difficult to use. So what's happened is that um, when the semiconductor industry was going real big, they invented what's called the light-emitting diode, which is LED. A a light-emitting diode. Diode, okay. And so when the voltage hits the diode, it will uh, emit a light. And you, you see these diodes, you see them in the new flashlights, the little round you know, flashlights, you can get them in red and green. Uh-huh, I've seen them. Yeah, and the, in the, and cars, the brake lights have the little diodes. Those are all LEDs. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're, the thing about them is they're cheaper to make, so we don't have to buy a $10,000 laser. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, you can bundle them into a pad about the size of a, a playing card. So you can put, you know, 10 or 12 of them in there so you can cover the area of the skin much better. So mm-hmm. when you're trying to hit a injury, mm-hmm. you, you've got good coverage. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's more effective than the laser, especially on soft tissue injuries. We're going to take a minute from our sponsor, and I've got some really good questions on that too. Um, Dr. Cowan, we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to be right back and you be thinking about what education, uh, how important this is, because anything to keep from having to do surgery, I am for. Okay. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Dr. Cowan, on the uh, treatment with the laser phototherapy, and you were talking about the strength and the, the particular type of benefits. Uh, let's go back real quick and refresh us and then come forward on, you found that some of these uh, benefits uh, for treatment without having to do surgery, uh, which as a chiropractic physician's benefit anyway, to try to not have to go to surgery. But the laser phototherapy, they're finding, is becoming a practice of individuals. Uh, very, it's probably very comfortable to use. It probably feels even good. Yeah, the only side effect of the cold laser therapy is that if somebody would happen to shine the laser in somebody's eye. So mm-hmm. we wear protective goggles, and our patients wear mm-hmm. protective goggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what does this look like? what you're doing. You mentioned something about those flashlights that I've seen for sale. Is that the size that they are? That's the size of the individual diodes. Okay. Okay. What's, what's, what is, how big is this? Uh, is it a piece of equipment that's on a wheel next to the 
where the person is sitting or laying? Or what yeah, it's, it, it's, it look it's like? about oh the size of a telephone. Okay. You know, a, a standard commercial telephone. Okay. And then it has the the diodes that you uh, put around the area you're going to work on, mm-hmm. and then you just. Um, and you can you replace the diodes depending upon the strength that you're needing for the particular uh, therapy. Yeah, we just change the jewels of okay. the wattage. And, uh, it's, you know what, the first thing I think of is lightning, the lightning mm-hmm. that comes through. Can we learn something from lightning out there from our earth, uh, from when you have a thunder and then comes this lightning, and you've heard people, uh, their experiences with lightning, They're, they've either been killed <laughs> or it's gone past them like a rod. Um, so are we learning more about certain lightning, uh, light therapies because of what we're learning more about nature, um, these inventors? Because if this is working, this is exciting. Now I've known them to use uh, the heat lamps uh, and the different kinds of uh, uh, phototherapies or uh, heat therapies. Uh, for a long time, but nobody's really gotten into them uh, until all of a sudden we're hearing what you're saying today. Well, you know, people have been using phototherapy for psoriasis. You know, it produces vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, people use tanning beds, and they report that they have less uh, seasonal depression by going to tanning beds when there's no sun out. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? But anyway, can I? How about if I tell you how it works? Okay, let's find out how it works. Okay, um, the cold laser, or the the um, diodes, uh, will send light into the body, and we're talking on a cellular level now. We're not talking on the uh, the tissue layer. And what happens is each cell has a photoreceptor. And, and each cell has water in it. Right, right. And so when the, um, it's like chlorophyll. Chlorophyll accepts the sunlight and helps the grass grow. Mm-hmm. So the photoreceptors are, number one is a mitochondria, which is a cell that produces energy for the, the cell. Mm-hmm. And it also produces more mitochondria. So what we found is that when a, when a cell is damaged and the mitochondria quit producing the ATP, the tissue has less energy, but it also has less mitochondria, so it produces less and less energy all the time. Uh-huh. So... Um, that cell becomes weak, then the tissue becomes weak, and then the tissue will tear or rupture or whatever. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it also, the cell will directly change light into electrochemical energy, and it produces more oxygen so the cell... We're back to that lightning rod in a yeah, minor there you way. Go. There we go. Yeah. It's the same, a chemical, yeah. electrical reaction. It is. Now, something is coming through my mind, and I don't want to lead you on a track, but I'm just going to say something out loud because I've been studying dehydration for three years. Um, the, when you go in and do this particular type of a therapy, it would also, couldn't it be used to also detoxify in some of the areas that have a little bit, quite too much toxin? 
Oh, yeah. That was, um, next... I, I, not that they're using it for that. No, but I was going to say that was the next part that it also does. Okay. You're going back to the water. What it also does is it helps the membrane change, so it exchanges a fluid. So the bad goes out, the good goes there in. There we go. There we go. But the cell membrane becomes healthier. And so stimulated. It... Pardon me? And stimulated to right. have more, better circulation. Right. So it can eliminate the toxins. It also increases the nutrients that it, it, it absorbs. Mm-hmm. So this, what we're saying is the light helps the cells mm-hmm. themselves become healthy. And these, uh, there's uh, documents that we have 60 trillion cells in our body mm-hmm. that, uh, like one of the doctors said, is like we're in orbit all the time. In other words, you have a galaxy in there that's, that we're taking for granted, uh, that every your, wa- your intake of water, your absorption of water outside the body is vital to keeping this healthy uh, reaction going on with this orbiting we're doing inside of our own bodies. So tell us more. This is exciting. Okay. So when we approach injuries, basically, traditionally, we've looked at injuries on a grand scale, like uh, the, the muscle is injured or the ligament or the tendon are injured, injured, but we haven't looked at them on a microscopic or chemical level. So uh-huh. the laser is allowing us to to treat people on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. So the biomechanical effects are generally decreased pain, decreased inflammation, mm-hmm. and again, decreased edema, like we were talking before, mm-hmm. that the, uh, the, lymph- the lymphatic system is congested, but now it drains. So we're, we're opening all those channels for fluid circulation again. You're probably running into a lot of new anecdotal experiences that people are mentioning. Did you know, doctor, that it did this also, other than what you knew what you were doing at the moment? Because no two people are alike. No, no. And, uh, yeah, and you're probably learning a lot. Yeah. You're probably very excited. (laughs) I'll I'll read, just before uh, we get done here, uh, I'll read a story to you from one of my patients. Okay. But... uh, but now on uh, you could uh, different ages. You could have different ages of individuals come in, and this is a very painless, very ben- now. How often do they have to come in to have this particular therapy? Um, it depends on w- what specific we're doing and how severe the injury is. We've had people that have uh, we've worked on um, two or three times, and they're and they're better. We've had patients that have had. Uh, Epicondylitis, or what people call tennis elbow, for you know, from working in a factory for 15 mm-hmm. years, and mm-hmm. um, we've worked on them for six to eight weeks, and mm-hmm. they're better. Now, when you say six to eight weeks, how often do they come in? Uh, sometimes two to three times a week. Okay, okay, for the therapy. Okay. But you know, there's, there's some other exciting things that uh, you know the, the laser does. They've showed that a lot of um, wound healing is accomplished by using the, the uh, laser. So post-surgical um, wound healing will take it takes about fifty percent of the time. Wow! I mean, uh, we have, um, huh? You know, the um, immunity response, the lymphocytes they increase their activity, mm-hmm. and uh, they also show an increased ability to bind with pathogens, mm-hmm. where. We're making those tissues healthy, mm-hmm. 
But it's like, uh, let me go back to carpal yeah, that's tunnel. The, you're talking about the wounds. Yeah. There. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Let me go back to uh, carpal tunnels for just a second. Okay. Um, one of the interesting stories behind the laser was that uh, I think it was General Motors that started to use it in their nurses' stations. Mm-hmm. And I recall that I think 70 to 80% of the people that had carpal tunnel syndrome uh, were reduced to non-symptomatic with the, the laser. Oh, how, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and normally normally what happens is the retinacula, which is the mm-hmm. uh, ligament over the ulna and radius, is cut so there's more room for the, of the median nerve to go through. Now, when you mention nurses' stations... Uh, so nurses can certify to to use the laser phototherapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, physical therapist. What about, okay, physical therapist, and what about uh, heads of uh, nurses in um, occupational locations for with companies when there's a nurse on duty yeah. all the time? I'm sure that all of them can use it. Uh huh. But <clears throat> what they used to do is cut the retinacula because we didn't think the retinacula was basically a functional, uh, you know, totally functional unit. But now. With the laser, it makes that retinacula healthy again, mm-hmm. so it can expand and contract, and so it doesn't uh, pinch the median nerve and cause carpal tunnel syndrome. And that's coming, becoming so common. We have gotten into, I've done a lot of research in occupational health, and uh, I am shocked at the billions of dollars lost a year and people's loss of health and their income to put bread on the table and beans because of their illnesses and injury, or let's say injury because of carpal tunnel or sitting at a computer or something that could be handled very quickly if they had different methods of quickly being proactive. In other words, to me, laser phototherapy is very proactive. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? You know, correct. Yeah. I, to me, I, the word proactive has got to get, get to our every day for, for occupational health. There are... Um... The more money that gets poured into uh, lasers by people buying them, we get more research. And in Europe, they're using a blue-green laser that's an antibacterial. So after they, are, when they're ready to close on a surgery, my understanding is that they flash the laser on them that kills all the bacteria so their post-surgical infections go to almost nil. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, uh, the green laser that they're experimenting with cancer. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is being able to... Well, look what they're doing with LASIK eye surgery. Yeah. Dr. Marguerite McDonald, who's uh, one of the founders, she was on the research team as a founder, and she was the first person to perform the LASIK eye surgery years ago with our guest last week. And she was telling us of the advancement of what's happened and what they've been learning and the lasers, uh, wavelengths, and um, you've just been spelling out to us so much about it because that is coming of the future. But I like the word, uh, Dr. Callan, I've been using the word proactive. Mm-hmm. That we've got to get more proactive. Everybody would be excited uh, with that research and development is getting proactive with individuals who are depending upon professionals to have the skills and the and the abilities to have, let's say, devices that are not having to do surgery or having to pop a pill yet. What can we do? And uh, now, before we go, we only have a couple of minutes. Uh, did you, I'm going to get you to talk about drinking water here in a minute. Okay. But uh, would you like to leave us on, uh, before we start talking about hydrating, 
um, on something that you'd like to teach us before this class is done? Well, I would just like to tell you a little story, okay. if I could. Okay. Uh, one of my patients in 1996 noticed that her foot started to slap the ground when she was walking. Now, when you say slap around, she's putting her foot down on the ground, but it didn't. It didn't set. It did. It doesn't work. It didn't just, work. It slapped. It's yeah. And so, two years later at OHSU, they evaluated her and, and basically told her, "We don't know what it's from, but you uh, go ahead and try to enjoy your life as best you can." She went to the Mayo Clinic, and they agreed with her. Um, and when I first got my laser, I said, "Well, let's see if it can help you." And we measured. In other words, what harm could it do to try? Right, right. Yeah. This is this is new and cutting edge. Comfortable, probably feels good. <laughs> so when we measured her, her she could lift her leg five inches from the floor. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. And her left arm was about three quarters of the way. Oh. Compared to her right arm, so mm-hmm. she, you know she's in pretty tough shape. We worked on her for about five or six. And she's months. been living this with this since 1996. Right. Okay. So we worked on her. Uh, five or six minutes for about two weeks, and at the end of 11 treatments, um, she could lift her leg 18 inches from the floor, and she had full use of her left arm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, so I think I was more surprised than she was. Yeah, well, there, that's that. We're back to that uh, discovery. In other words, you're, gonna, you're going to have different individuals react to it differently, and the discoveries will be on, on, ongoing. And yes, oh, yes, they're going to be anecdotal, but they're going to be a, there's going to be a lot of safe learning. In other words, this is a safe uh, therapy. Sure. It's a, no pain, no. but it, it, it's a gain. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, what about drinking water, Dr. Callan? You know, <laughs> you're in a profession that you believe that hydro, uh, the hydrotherapy or water, th- uh, water to drink, I know, is so important. What do you say to our listeners about drinking water? Well, I think the biggest thing that people need to do is get rid of their sodas and replace exactly. with water. Uh, you know, if you look at chronic spinal disease, the nucleus pulposus, which is the, the ball bearing or the, the center of the spine, it dehydrates, and that's how you're... Loss of moisture, loss Loss, of water. Yeah, lack of water. It dehydrates, Mm -hmm. and you start to lose that ball bearing, and the the posterior sides of your discs start to wear out. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it is all from dehydration, more so than than, uh, chronic wear and tear. Yeah. In fact, um, this is something that is so fascinating. The word dehydration has been so overlooked, and it causes... um, Exhaustion or sleep deprivation, it causes you to have swelling. It causes you to have either overeat or undereat. The word dehydration of symptoms of dry eye, um, dry skin, susceptible to diseases. What is a toxin in the body? A dehydration effect. People to drink water. And the other one, doctor, um, is, you know, something that I'd love to talk about sometime with you is what's the difference between a shower and taking a good old-fashioned bath once in a while? Well, I think we all know that when you take a bath, our body reabsorbs the water. Thank you. The shower with the heat just dehydrates. Opens up and 
opens the pores and, and suppleness and detoxification. But when we take a shower, it's rinsing only. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something else we should get to uh, in time, is getting people thinking more that direction on top of. I guess more European people around the world take more baths than we do in America. We're very quick to take our shower. Well, I appreciate you talking with us today and our education. Is there something you'd like to close with? No, I think that's uh, well, it's very good just, education. Our future is ahead of us. It looks pretty bright, I'll tell you that much. It does look bright, thanks to people like yourself and your commitment. Well, thank you. Okay. You have a very nice day, and I hope we can do another show sometime because I'm sure there's more to talk about. Okay, thank you, Sharon. You're a good teacher. Bye. Okay, Thank bye-bye. you, Doctor. Mm, bye. Wow. I told you we would have a good one. He was good. Very good professor in the classroom, teacher. He knows what he's talking about. Anybody from any medical background or to all of us laymen, we definitely know, too. Uh, We learned a lot today. Um, And the word dehydration, remember, listeners, it's loss of water. You must be drinking water and absorbing water. And if the air is dry, which it is all dry, that means you're drier every day. We're going to take a moment from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with our second exciting guest, Viva Dehaza, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Dehaza. She's the Section Chief, Conservation and Drought Planning in the, in the state of Colorado, Water Conservation Board, discussing the Colorado River. And we're going to have fun with this one, because we last week just had the Connecticut River. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, that's for the dry air environment for your eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. You're listening to World Talk Radio, Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Viva, are you with us? I am. How are you today? I am fine, thank you, and I'm sorry. I hope I pronounced this correctly, but it's Viva de Heza. You are correct. Thank yes. you. I have a lot of fun with my name. It's always well, interesting to see how people are going to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we grow up with those things. I had my maiden name was Sharon Cowan. In fact, we had Dr. Lee Cowan, but his is C-O-W-A-N. Mine is C-O-W-I-N. And... Um, so, and people always wanted to call me Cowen, uh, anything but not Cowen. <laughs> so I used to say cow in the barn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Good. And you're coming from, Col- talking to us from Colorado. I, am. I really appreciate you taking time because we've learned, you know, we live with the earth and our health, 
We've learned to, that we the earth's not going to live with us. We have to learn to live with our health and the earth and learn more. But you're teaching us and others why the earth is on its own and how we can learn more about the earth as a nature and as the life that it is. So tell us a little bit about how you got into what you're doing. So actually, this is a good segue to your earlier speaker before me because he talked all about the need for hydration and the you know the the cons of being dehydrated and especially being in a dry climate. And that's what Colorado is all about. Um, I actually work for a state agency um, within the state of Colorado called the Colorado Water Conservation Board, and our mission is is basically to do water policy for the state of Colorado and to come up with ideas and solutions for how to meet our water supply needs in the future. Um, and we are looking, we are facing some pretty uh, enormous shortages um, as we look out into the future about 30 to 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just shortages based on, on population increases that yeah. we anticipate seeing. We have just now started looking at what potential shortages could arise out of from climate change impact? It's vital. It's vital to life, life on this earth. It is it's life in it Colorado. Is. That's the beauty of the United States. We have these states. I call them little countries, but they're mm-hmm. individual states. And inside of each state, we have individuals that are in positions to care about their own state. Right. And their life there and, and what people choose how to be healthy there. Now, in Colorado, how many rivers do you have? Um, we have eight river basins, um, and unlike, uh, with the exception of one other state in the Union, which is Hawaii, Colorado is the only other state for whom all the rivers flow outside of the state. So none of our water stays in the state. It all eventually makes its way out of the state to the lower, what we call the lower basin. So in other words, it's not flowing into an ocean. It's going from to another state. Exactly. It goes on to Arizona, Nevada, and California. Now, now your, your water com- originates where? Where's your headwater? Our headwaters are in the Rocky Mountains, are in, ah. the, in, the, in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. So the Colorado, Colorado is uh, the headwaters of a lot of other states and their water sources. That's exactly right. Oh my so what we do here has the potential to impact folks downstream. Of now, course. fortunately for us, we have uh, compacts that basically regulate how those waters from the different river basins get apportioned to different states and also the country of Mexico. But those apportionments were calculated back in the late 1800s when populations in Colorado were nowhere near what we're seeing today. So we've got a lot of obligations to meet to the lower basin states and to the, the, the country of Mexico. Okay, so, now what is, let's, you know, this is fascinating because what you're saying is you, Colorado, and your responsibilities have a lot of life existence for the long-term futures, and I love the word eternity, Viva. <laughs> what are we going to do for eternity for this earth to have water and life on earth to save lives and the planet together because you're affecting the rest of the planet too. We all are. Um, now, let's say Colorado is responsible for the headwaters of how many states? Um, roughly eight Eight states, seven, yeah, seven to eight, yeah. And then did you say all the way draining into this into Mexico? Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us what you're doing. This is unreal. I mean, I had not real. Of course, I am not that smart. I have to learn too, like everybody else does. So tell us what you're doing because of that responsibility. Well. You're right. The responsibility is pretty. Is, is and pretty did you use the word? Is, is did large. you understand? I use the word. Responsibility. Yeah. 
I well, mean, we have many responsibilities. Responsibilities so. sometimes take a lot of heat. Yeah. Well, we have responsibilities not just to the other states that you mentioned, but we also have more importantly responsibilities with to our citizens within the exactly. state. And so currently, our population is at about four million people in the state of Colorado, and unfortunately, really? it's not equally split. The majority of those people are living on what we call the eastern side of the Rocky Mountain Range, which is which is kind of the economic hub of the state. Um, and then we've got the other rest of the populations on the West Slope. But by 2030, we anticipate getting another 3 million people. So when we talk about responsibility, we're talking about the responsibility that we are dealing with right now to meet the needs, and then what we have to what we have to meet for future generations, 2030, 2050, 2100. Okay, let's say, okay, I'm going to be, uh, and I need you to know something, Viva. I am mm-hmm. not an extremist. I've been studying for over 30 years. Um, the dehydration, the, or, uh, the organism of Earth and its moisture level, the waters of the Earth, and how vital water is to this Earth, mm-hmm. but also to mankind to live on this Earth as an ecosystem, to be here for eternity. I love that word, eternity. Um, on, are they doing anything uh, in your state or any states to slow down new growth of population because of the responsibilities of the water? I don't know if we can necessarily say that we're slowing down growth. I think um, what we're doing is we are trying to trying to do a better job at using water more efficiently to maximize and extend that resource to the maximum extent possible. So conservation is a huge issue, not just in Colorado, but in Nevada and California. You just can't get away with mani- with with dealing with water and managing that water resource any longer without having it having a conversation about water conservation. So we're not necessarily slowing down growth. We're looking for creative and innovative ways to extend a resource that frankly is not renewable in for the most part and kind of making it stretch a lot longer so we can accommodate this. Because you mentioned it earlier, I mean Colorado is a beautiful state. I mean and second to agriculture, tourism is a huge economic driver. So whether we have people coming here to live, you know, permanently or whether they're coming to visit our state, we have to accommodate those needs. So conservation is huge for us, and we're doing a multitude of things at the statewide level and, more importantly, at the local level now, what to, about, to really what, manage the resource. Yeah, are you getting an assistance with responsibility to the other states that you're supplying their water to assist you? Um, we are, we, there's a lot of partnerships, there's a lot of collaboration. Yeah. I have counterparts in the other states that I meet with and talk with on a regular basis, and it's, we are constantly looking for opportunities to leverage ideas off of each other. Well, you know what happened we, in Georgia? Atlanta, um, well, Georgia. Exactly. And, and I mean, last year, well, I mean, where, I, 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 we were all so surprised. <laughs> they could have been drought. The homes would not have had water. Right. And we've had a similar kind of scare with drought back in 2002. The state of Colorado was plunged into a pretty significant and deep drought, and you saw a lot of brown lawns around the Denver metro area, uh, not to mention other areas around the state. So drought is something that we, that Coloradans deal with in a natural variable cycle, but now we are looking at what kinds of droughts could we be seeing as a result of climate change impacts. Now, the first thing that a lot of listeners might have, what uh, is, is it your snow-packed mountains? Mm-hmm. Is it um, 
rain in the mountains. Mm-hmm. What gives you your origination of your water at the uh, at the headwaters? It truly is a snowpack. Uh, we call we call the snowpack up in our mountains kind of our primary water reservoir, if you will. Okay. It is nature's own reservoir. So what happens if if it doesn't have much snow for mm-hmm. one year? That would yeah, that's not the <laughs> of the other. And you know, if one year has not enough snow, that would affect how many years to come. Several. That's a drought shadow. And we're okay. still, it's been 2002 was the last major drought that we have. We're now, what, six years removed from it? And now oh. some of our systems are starting to finally come out of that drought shadow. Doesn't but it make your knees just shake about it, thinking about we do have to live with Earth. It's not going to live with the way we want it. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to learn how to live with it. And, and yet, what can you do there in the beautiful, beautiful country of Colorado with people like yourself that are dedicated to learn how to protect the waters without all flowing away. Now, um, I noticed last week with uh, the Connecticut River uh, Mm -hmm. that originates in Canada, goes through uh, several states, and the longest river in the country. They have 100 dams. Very, very healthy, too, uh, what they're doing. All right, what are you doing to to conserve the water, to hold it back in case of a year of a real continuing drought? Our governor, who's um, fairly new into office, kind of has what he calls his four pillars of water management for the state of Colorado that he um, that he's come out very strongly on. And, and the first pillar is water conservation. It's the importance for managing and using the water efficiently, even when you're not in a drought. Recognizing that that the water here is very valuable exactly. and very scarce. Exactly. Two is this idea of water reuse, and that is. There are opportunities, technological opportunities, for us to use water repeatedly, um, and it's, it's starting to happen quite a bit in the West. Three is looking to the ag sector. Um, in Colorado, as in, in many parts of the, uh, of the country, in the Midwest and in the West, the largest user of water continues to be the agricultural sector. But we all want it to be because it's well, we do, and we don't, and we're looking at economy. At now, number mm-hmm. one, it's the health of our lives. In fact, I don't know if you've been hearing, but uh, I read somewhere where Walmart would like to start encouraging uh, people to, so they can start buying the mm-hmm. produce and the agricultural products closer to home and not bring them so far away. And That's that right. is much healthier for everyone, right. number one. And then number the other part of it that we do have to think about the agriculture, our farmers that are there. That's an economy of mm-hmm. building up a cash flow for our country and your state and every other state. Right. Yeah. And so the ag sector will play very, very heavily in the solution. And the final solution will be to determine whether or not, at least for Colorado, if there's still some opportunities to develop some new water sources. And development usually includes structural development, meaning more reservoirs, more pipelines, more ways to move water around the state from the places that are water rich. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, there are some parts of the state that do experience that to areas that are that are very water short, even now. Without, without the additional that is, that's a very normal, mm-hmm. uh, natural, it's like y- you and I, the two of us, no two eyes alike, no two complexions alike, no two fingerprints alike, because we're all de- both dehydrating differently. So the earth has its mo- uh, dehydration spots and hydration spots. That's common <laughs> for nature. That's nature. That's the nature of our lives. That's a great analogy. I know. <laughs> I've been studying a long time. I'm very boring. Great fact, we had a we had a doctor on here one time that said, uh, "Viva!" That he said. She said, "Sharon, have you ever heard of computer nerds?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "You're a you're a water nerd." <laughs> 
well, that makes two of us. I'm a water nerd. And we're going to have to have you on again. I'm out of time, and okay. I'm just, oh, this was so, you're good I'm at what fine. you're educating us. And I'd like to have you on again, and we'll, uh, you go back and learn some things that you would like to teach us and conservation and some personal things we could learn about at home, about how to conserve, and, our, and let's talk about this again. I would love to. I welcome okay. the opportunity. I really Thank enjoyed you. having you on and tell everyone I said hello. I will. Thank Thanks you, a Eva. lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a show. We've had, uh, I really want to thank you for listening, and I want you to know, Earth has a secret. Earth's secret. Embrace your life on this Earth. Every precious moment, Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. If you don't say goodbye, you're going to take care of your own health and this Earth. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. You're listening to World Talk Radio, Studio A.